Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order of the best-tasting protein bars out there. Today is November 16th. It's a Monday, and today on the podcast, we're going to be continuing the series on who wore it best, which Bruins wore it best, and we'll be looking at numbers 80 through 89. Uh, Many are pretty straightforward, but there's a couple numbers with multiple players, and we will rank and see who wore that number best. For those of you who don't know me, Again, my name is Ian. I'm a former news editor at The Score, which is one of the most popular mobile apps in the world. I also have written in the past for SB Nation, covering the Bruins, as well as covering junior hockey and prospects for the San Jose Sharks and Chicago Blackhawks blogs, uh, mostly focusing on Guelph Storm players or OHL players since I am based here in Guelph, which is about an hour outside of Toronto Boo Maple Leafs. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at ENC McLaren. Also, same handle on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, we do have a an account for the show. You can find that at Locked On Boston Bruins. And if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can do so at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Bruins. Now, as I sit down to record here on Monday morning, the NHL is releasing each and every single reverse retro jersey. We got some teasers over the last few days. And finally, we have a full look at the Boston Bruins jersey in particular. As expected, it is yellow based. It has the, um, you can hear the music in the background of, of the ad. It has the primary logo from the jerseys worn by the Bruins from 1949-1950 through 1994-1995. This was worn on their home jerseys, I believe, those being the white jerseys back in the day as you used to wear, uh, yeah, light-colored jerseys at home. Um, I can't remember when exactly that switched. Anyways, it also has the popular yellow and black Uh, logo of the bear on the shoulder patch officially or sorry unofficially known as meth bear which i'm uh, very much a fan of Uh, so very clean very nice looking i personally am not a huge fan of jerseys i have only bought actually i've never bought one Uh, i have two canary jerseys both of which were given to me as christmas gifts back in the day uh, it's the away jersey from this era, but as I said on Twitter over the weekend, this era of the Bruins is the one that I fell in love with. The 90s, late 80s, early 90s Bruins, Cam Neely, Ray Bork, Craig Janney, then Adam Oates, uh, Joe Juno, guys like this, and um, so I'm really happy to see this version of the jersey or the logo come back as an alternate version at the very least. Um, Don't necessarily love the yellow base. I would have preferred black or white, but, you know, 
it's a, a nice little novelty and something different for the uh, Bruins who will be wearing these jerseys periodically whenever next season uh, kicks off. And hopefully that's as early as January 1st, but no official word on that just yet. We'll get to some NHL news and notes here to finish off the show later on. But before we get to the jersey numbers, I wanted to point out a article that dropped from The Athletic um, on Friday, I guess. It's an NHL agent survey. 21 agents talk about a variety of issues, and one of them that pertained most to our Bruins was which franchise still needs to make a significant move this offseason. One agent said it's Boston. Tampa is the obvious answer. The Islanders still need to make a significant move because of the cap. But the thing with Boston is they want to do a youth movement on the fly. You can't be a contending team where they're at. You either have to go for it or not. They're on the fence. Boston, what direction are you going to go? Another agent said, I'm going with Boston. I think Boston is still a very legitimate Stanley Cup contender. The Craig Smith signing is very good. It boosts what could be the best top six forward group in the league. Maybe even top nine once they get Jake DeBrusque signed. I don't argue with that at all. When you look at Marshan Bergeron, Pasternak, DeBrusque, hopefully Krejci, Kasha, or Smith. And then uh, you have Coyle in the middle on the third line with Kasha or Smith. And then I guess Anders Bjork. Uh, the weakest link there is Bjork, but overall, that's a beautiful top nine. And to have Charlie Coyle as your third line center is quite a luxury that they might only have for one season if uh, David Krejci isn't back uh, after this coming season. This agent went on to say, but they lost Tori Krug. They need a defenseman. I do think their Stanley Cup window is open and will shut fairly soon. There is uncertainty with Tukarask. I don't think that's still the case, but some people still think that. And they need to find a defenseman. So, yeah, I guess putting that all together, it's do you re-sign Jake DeBrusque and consider him as a key piece moving forward? Do you flip Jake DeBrusque, go all in right now, add a defenseman, and then maybe sign a guy like Mike Hoffman, uh, to a short-term deal? Uh, do you look at a guy like Anthony Duclair? Uh, there's still some questions to be answered here by the Boston Bruins. And um, I think from what I've heard, everything's in a bit of a holding pattern right now until we know when the season's going to start, when training camps are going to open. I think once we have that date, you'll start to see some more professional tryout offers trickle in. You'll see some of these other guys start to get signed and we'll have a bit more clarity. I think, especially with Zidane Chara, once they know what's going to happen there, I think we'll see him re-signed and brought back in, which would stabilize the left side a little bit more, potentially have, you know, Grizzlick, Zboro, Chara, not terrible on the left side by any means. And then, you know, McAvoy and Carlo, Clifton, maybe Miller on the right side. Um, so yeah, DeBrusque and Chara are obviously the big dominoes yet to fall for the Bruins. Whatever they decide there, that could shape the remaining uh, decisions that are made here in the offseason. 
So yeah, that's kind of the latest when it comes to the Bruins. We have a new jersey to look forward to. I believe they'll be available on December 1st. Wink, wink, my birthday. And yeah, they have been tabbed as a team yet to make a pretty significant move by a survey of agents around the NHL. That was from Craig Custance of The Athletic, if uh, you want to take a look at that uh, for yourself. Before we move on to which Bruins wore it best, let's talk for another moment here about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar available right now. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, nut and non-nut. There's six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake among them, 12 original flavors uh, like peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, banana bread, They're covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I found them particularly helpful during COVID-19, working from home, not getting out as much, not getting as much exercise as I would like. They're a delicious but health-conscious treat, and they're also gluten-free, which is very important to me as someone with celiac. Low-calorie, low-sugar, high protein, high fiber. Now, if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you can use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, before we get into the which Bruins wear it best, there's an official release in terms of the new jersey that the Bruins put out this morning. And it reads, the NHL, Adidas, and the Bruins reveal today, November 16th, the club's newest alternate jersey, the Adidas Reverse Retro Addy Zero Authentic Jersey, which will be worn on ice during the 2020-2021 season. The Reverse Retro treatment was given to the classic white uniform worn at home at the Boston Garden for 15 years, including the 1988 and 1990 Stanley Cup Finals. Coincidentally, the two years that I became most enamored with this team. The shoulder patch features a fan favorite bear crest, as I said, affectionately known as meth bear, to complement the traditional spoked bee. Honored numbers Ray Bork and Cam Neely both donned the 90s version of these threads before having each of their numbers retired to the rafters at today's TD Garden. Bruins fans can pre-order the jersey online at the Bruins Pro Shop beginning tonight at 6 p.m. So uh, get on that if you're interested in purchasing one of these jerseys. Now, if you missed it last Monday, I began a series on Bruins jersey numbers and who wore each number best. We went through the few players who wore numbers in the 90s this week. We'll take a look at the numbers in the 80s. Uh, from that point, we might have to split things up as there's you know multiple players who have worn lower numbers. I see there's 37 players who wore number 29, 31 players who wore 25, 21. So it might get a bit dicey when we get to lower numbers, but as it pertains to the 80s, still pretty straightforward. Number 89 has been worn only once, and that was by... Zdenek Blatney, a third-round pick of the Atlanta Thrashers in 1999. He only played five games for the Bruins, so not much to go on there. Number 88, of course, David Pasternak. 
He's worn that number since 2015, and I will argue he is the best Bruins player to wear any number in the 80s. He, of course, is the co-Rocket Richard Trophy winner for uh, 2020 with 48 goals to tie Alexander Ovechkin. He has appeared in 390 games for the Bruins, 180 goals, 199 assists for 379 points, and he's still only 24 years old, so there's so much more left to come from David Pasternak. Ideally, he'll spend his entire career in black and gold, and it's very possible that if he continues on this track, he will be... Uh, or his jersey, his 88, will be hung from the rafters one day. Again, he has already won a Richard Trophy. He finished fourth in Hart Trophy uh, voting this year, and uh, still so much left to come. So number 88 belongs to David Pasternak. He's the only player to wear this number for the Boston Bruins and could be the only player in franchise history to wear it if indeed his number is retired one day. There's nobody who's worn 87 for the Boston Bruins, most famously worn in this era by Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins around the NHL. When it comes to number 86, we have Kevin Miller. He's appeared in 324 games for the Bruins, 12 goals, 55 assists. He's, of course, not known for his scoring, more for his uh, defensive play, physicality, an undrafted college player who joined the Bruins back in 2013-2014 at the age of 26. The Bruins, of course, re-signed him on the first day of free agency, raising some eyebrows among Bruins fans. Complete transparency. I didn't love him at first as a player. I think he has improved over time. Um, I wouldn't have been upset if they didn't re-sign him. He does have some significant injury issues to overcome yet. Uh, it sounds like he'll be back for the season, but um, number 86 belongs to Kevin Miller for the foreseeable future. And, um, you know, who knows if anybody else will wear that number, but for the time being, it's his. Number 85, number 84, zero Bruins players have worn those two numbers. And it's at 83 where we start to get a bit of competition. It was first worn by Patrick Leahy in 2003-2004 as well as 2005-2006. Patrick Leahy was a fifth-round pick of the New York Rangers in the 1998 NHL entry draft. Never played for the Rangers. In fact, his 50... Sorry, he played 49 games for the Bruins, recorded four goals, four assists, one game with the Nashville Predators, and that was it for Patrick Leahy at the NHL level. The other two players to wear number 83 are more recent players, the first being Peter Solarik, third-round pick of the Bruins in 2013. He played 40 games for the Bruins, five goals, six assists, and of course he has gone back to Sweden where he will continue his uh, pro career there for the time being, remains a restricted free agent for the Bruins. They still have his rights, but it appears as though he's uh, Europe bound for the time being. That number is currently worn by Carson Kuhlman. He's appeared in 36 games for the Bruins, four goals, seven assists, 
The Bruins just re-signed him as a restricted free agent and to a how long was that? Just a one-year deal, I believe. No, sorry, two-year extension worth seven hundred and twenty-five thousand per season. So he'll have a couple of seasons here to prove himself to remain at the NHL level. Um, he could end up. Well, he he probably will end up as a more successful Bruin than Peter Solarik, uh, depending on whether Solarik eventually makes his way back to Boston. But right now, it's worn by Carson Kuhlman. He'll have an opportunity to fight for a regular lineup spot at a training camp this coming season, especially with Pasternak on the shelf to begin the season after off-season surgery. Uh, so if he makes a good impression, takes off, number 83 will be his. Uh, but right now, I guess we'll say Kuhlman just because of the fact he's still in the NHL at least and he's on track to... Uh, overtake Solarik's career numbers uh, fairly quickly. Again, Solarik with five goals, six assists for the Bruins. Kuhlman already has um, four goals, seven assists, so takes the lead in points. Therefore, he is the best Bruin to wear number 83, and again, he'll only um, take that mantle moving forward. Sorry, they're tied in points at 11 at the moment. Uh, so one more point for Kuhlman and he'll be the franchise leader in points scored by a player number wearing number 83. There's only one Bruin who has worn number 82 and that is Trent Frederick, who was a first round pick of the Boston Bruins back in, uh, who, what year was that? 2016. He was taken over some more successful players to date, including Alex DeBrinkett, who was drafted 39th. He's already scored 87 goals at the NHL level. Um, Samuel Girard, very talented defenseman for the uh, now with the Colorado Avalanche. Philip Ronick is also another good defensive prospect. Sam Steele, Victor Mete, some defensemen who were taken ahead of Frederick. Still uh, shows some promise. As a, a physical force for the Bruins, he's appeared in 17 games, zero points with 15 penalty minutes to his credit. Um, and he might be a guy who gets a look in training camp this year. Uh, but again, zero competition for Frederick. So already he's the best player to wear number 82 for the Bruins. There's a bit of competition here at 81. Anton Bleed has worn this number most recently for the Bruins. 28 games over the last four seasons, only one goal and one assist to his credit. Going back a bit, we have Miroslav Shatan, who wore number 81 for the Boston Bruins when he played with the team back in 20, sorry, 2009-2010 season. He had nine goals, five assists for the Bruins in 38 games played. He also appeared in... How many playoff games that year did he play in? 13 playoff games, five goals, five assists. So he was a very effective player for the Bruins in the season when they infamously, uh, you know, allowed the Flyers to come back from a 3-0 series deficit as well as a 3-0 deficit in game seven of that series. So if he had 
Uh, you know, if the Bruins had gone on to win that series, got on to the conference finals, he might have got a bit more love in this category. But short time with the Bruins. Still a very successful career overall. But number 81 has to go to Phil Kessel, who was drafted fifth overall by the Bruins back in 2006. He appeared in 222 games for the Bruins, scoring 66 goals, recording 60 assists for a total of 126 points. He was, of course, traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a couple of draft picks that became Tyler Sagan and Dougie Hamilton, was subsequently traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins, where he won two Stanley Cups. Um, So his overall numbers with the Bruins, as well as his career trajectory after leaving Boston, sets him apart over Miroslav Shatan. Currently, he's with the Arizona Coyotes, where he only scored 14 goals in 70 games last season. But Phil Kessel, number 81 for the Bruins. Uh, He also holds a special place in my heart as a Bruin because of the fact that he was diagnosed with testicular cancer as a Bruin and was able to uh, fight that battle and come back. And uh, people really seem to overlook that. Uh, But seeing as it is Cancer Awareness Month, I thought that was well worth mentioning. And um, I still, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Phil Kessel, despite the fact that he was a Maple Leaf and then a Penguin. Uh, I think he's a, a great great player and a great character in the game. Now the last number 80 here is number 80 itself. And that belongs to current Bruin, Dan Vladder. He was selected 75th overall by the Bruins in 2015. He has not appeared in a regular season game, although he did of course come in relief of Yaroslav Halak during the playoffs after Tukarask left the bubble. I'm not sure if he'll ever be a starting goalie at the NHL level. I don't think he's necessarily the future in net for the Bruins. I think that ultimately belongs to Jeremy Swayman, who coincidentally I selected in a keeper fantasy draft over the weekend. But Dan Vlader, the only player to wear number 80 for the Boston Bruins. Uh, So he gets uh, that just by way of default. So as it comes to the 80s as a whole, David Pasternak, far and away the best Bruin to wear a number in the 80s. I'd say Phil Kessel comes in second. And then I guess, I don't know, Carson Kuhlman maybe, a distant third, Kevin Miller. Uh, It was cool to see Miroslav Shatan as a Bruin. As I said, he was very instrumental in that 2010 playoff run. Uh, But really, it's a a two-horse race in Pasternak, I think. Definitely takes that mantle and, again, could have his number 88 hung from the rafters one day um, as the probably the only number in the 80s to be retired, perhaps in our lifetimes. Well, maybe that's being a bit strong. There could be another player, but nobody really on the horizon. Any feedback, let me know at LO underscore Boston Bruins or at ENC McLaren. Let me know what you think about who wore it best for the Bruins in the numbers 80 through 89. Let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. The big news here on Monday morning is the reverse retro alternate jersey reveals for all 31 teams. It's the first time all 31 teams have participated in a league-wide alternate program. These jerseys will be worn multiple times during the season and 
each jersey was inspired by one worn by the team during a season that has some historical significance, and the whole design process took about two years. Teams will wear the jerseys, like I said, multiple to games against each other in designated rivalry games during the upcoming season. They'll be for sale officially on December 1st, but like I mentioned, you can get them um, pre-ordered at Boston Pro Shop beginning tonight. Some of my favorites, I think, are the Ducks. Uh, the Coyotes is pretty cool. Purple with the uh, old Coyote logo. The Hurricanes went with the Whalers look, which might be a bit controversial to some. The Flames with a uh, horse with fire coming out of its uh, nostrils, which is pretty cool. The Avalanche have a Nordiques theme. I think the Nordiques is one of the best jerseys of all time. I have a Nordiques toque, which I still like to wear. Uh, the Wild is really cool. The Kings went with the purple and gold look, kind of like the Lakers. Uh, and the Devils went with the Christmas tree look. Who else? Lady Liberty for the Rangers. And uh, the Maple Leafs one is very weird. Huge logo there. Um... Yeah, you can check them all out at NHL.com. The other big news, I guess, is just in regards to COVID-19 and when the season might start. Bill Daly on Friday said the NHL and the Players Association considering a schedule model with all teams hosting games in their home arenas and another that requires all teams to play in hub cities that would be determined based on where there are fewest COVID-19 cases. So there's some flexibility being built in here. And um, again, it looks like they're still targeting a January 1st start date, which would mean, uh, you know, training camps in mid-December. So things need to really start to pick up sooner than later uh, or else, Um, you know, they're going to be behind the eight ball even more. One other note, NHL Network revealed its list of the top centers in the NHL. Patrice Bergeron comes in seventh behind Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Leon Dreisaitl, Sidney Crosby, Austin Matthews, and Jack Eichel. Bergeron, of course, the oldest of the bunch there. And um, certainly kind of on the downside of his career at this point, but still uh, one of the best two-way centers in the game at the very least. And uh, we're lucky to have him for sure. I think that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're all taking care of yourselves and doing well. I am continuing my rewatch of, no, not rewatch, my first watch of Sons of Anarchy, which I am really loving at the moment. kind of near the end of season four, which has been just riveting uh, from start to finish. Uh, We're also watching The Crown on Netflix, my wife and I, and I am trying to finish The Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel, uh, which is the third in the trilogy about King Henry and Thomas Cromwell. Big into historical fiction these days. If you have any recommendations, be sure to hit me up. We'll be back on Wednesday with another mailbag episode. And then on Friday, hopefully with a, an interview of someone notable in Bruins land. And uh, again, if you missed the beginning of the number series, go back and check that out. I also talked to Maddie Kegley, 
founder of Books Against Bullying on Friday, so go back and listen to that one if you missed it. Please do rate and review the podcast, you Apple listeners. It would be very much appreciated. And yeah, I hope you have a great Monday, and we will talk to you again on Wednesday. Peace.